Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took out a stone and slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into the forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. There was no sword in the hand of David. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword, drew it out of his sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout and pursued the Philistines. 1 Samuel 17. Welcome back to another episode of Sons of Valor. I'm in the studio right now with Ryan Evan. How you doing, Ryan? Doing well, man. Doing well. And we want to talk tonight. We've highlighted the life of David in our last podcast about facing battles, not as cowards, but learning how to face battles as men who are prepared. So men, tonight we want to talk and highlight this epic battle again, drawing some lessons tonight that we can learn and apply to our lives. We want to face our battles with courage as men of valor. David lived ready. David was present. He was faithful in the mundane. He lived upright, and that reward was his preparation. He would rather die in battle than live like a coward. He wasn't going to return to the tent like the entire army had done for 40 days. It's an important topic to talk about because we face Goliaths. We face battles in our lives. Little battles and epic battles. And it's important that we're on the right side of this battle. It's important that we understand where to draw our strength from. It's important to understand who we are as men. There's a lot of big battles in the world. There's battles against masculinity. It's one of the reasons why we do the Sons of Valor podcast. It's why we have Grace Ops. So we want to talk tonight and focus a bulk of our attention towards the confidence that David had. How was he so confident to enter onto a battlefield really as a young man? not old enough to be in the army. And if we look at the opening phrase that I read out of 1 Samuel 17, David's declaration tells a lot about who he was and how he was prepared in the mundane. He was faithful in the mundane. He was faithful in this little assignment that he was given to be a shepherd. But he took advantage of the opportunities of being a shepherd. He took advantage of the time he would have. He took advantage of the practice he would have. And yeah, being a shepherd was a, was a very hard job. It was very hard. So he's out delivering bread and cheese to his brothers. He hears the usual defiance of Goliath. I mean, I think about an entire army of men that were living like cowards. They were struggling. They were returning back to their tents in fear and dismay. And here comes David, and David hears. You know, we talked about that in the last podcast. We talked about that. We highlighted that. David heard it. 
But when it fell on his ears, a totally different outcome happened. Victory happened. David was ready. And he goes to the battlefield. He goes to the valley to fight. I was in this valley in 2016. I was in Israel. I was on the field. I was right here. I was, I was there. It was really a powerful moment in my life. I'll never forget it. In his declaration, when David makes the declaration, he tells Goliath, you know, you're coming against me with your weapons, with your limited weapons, with your sword, your spear, and your javelin. But I'm not coming against you with weapons. I mean, David never said anything about a sling and a stone. David said that his main weapon was God himself. To say the name of God is to say God. David's like, I'm coming against you with God. That's who my, my weapon is today. I know this God. I love this God. And he's going to defeat you today. And David makes some really powerful declarations. I come, against, I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. And he goes on and he talks about how God is the host of Israel's armies. I mean, this is David's confidence for the battles of the Lord's. And really powerful stuff when we go into a battle, gentlemen, to remember that God is the one who fights for us. He fights with us. Or maybe we should say we fight with God. But to know that our confidence can be in the, out, the outcome, the victory can be, our confidence can be in God. So whatever we're facing. I mean, I think one of the epic battles that men face today is just the masculation of men. There's all kinds of battles that we face. Insecurities, fear. We're going to talk about some of those things. I mean, we could name all kinds of battles. The specific battle you face isn't as important as the confidence you should have in the battle. So what do you think? What do you think, Ryan, is an important aspect of David's confidence? What do you got on your on your heart tonight to share with everybody? Well, um, I think the biggest thing is like what you were touching on earlier, uh, you know, just the confidence, confidence in really his faith. You know, he, he lived a, a life of faith, right? And that started his preparation for meeting Goliath on the battlefield really started as a shepherd in the field. Um, fending off uh, the predator, you know, the the bears and the lions. Um, and I believe that, you know, as David, um, you know, was faithful um, to steward what he was given in those mundane seasons, you know, I mean, like, man, to, to, be, to be sitting in a field watching over the sheep, um, you know, tending to their needs um, feels like a lowly assignment, um, but yet he was found faithful. He was found faithful in the mundane, um, to steward the assignment that he had been given in that moment and in that time, that time period of his life. Um, and I believe that it's those mundane moments in our life, um, those mundane assignments that work, you know, that job, that career path that, doesn't really feel like the thing, right? That it doesn't feel like the calling um, or or the pinnacle of who God has created you to be. Um, but it is in those moments that 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 it prepares us, um, you know, and it prepares us in two ways. Really, it prepares our hearts. It prepares us through humility. Um, it prepares us through um, being faithful in the small things. Um, and it also begins to reveal God's nature to us, you know, and I, and I believe that what, what carried David into the battlefield 
was his faith in 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 the in God the deliverer um that he experienced while he was shepherding in the field um as as God his defender God his deliverer um God his supplier uh you know you know and we see it when he when he declares um that the battle is the Lord's right and he, and he and he even goes on to say that it's the um you know the host of heaven the host of heavenly armies right that he's pointing to towards his confidence um you know in these verses uh that's that 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 he that and these were lessons these were he was he was actually calling upon the nature the very nature and character of god that he experienced when fending off the bears and the lions as they were coming to um attack his stewardship in the field as he was as as he was shepherding um his assignment to main you know to maintain and to to care for the sheep yeah and i think that's a it's a powerful thing to not overlook because it sounds kind of small like how many times do we hear that in the leadership books be faithful in the little i mean they're they're there you know they're out there but they're not that's not really popular we live in a culture that's obsessed with like being famous yeah and think about this right this was the story that made damus sorry made made david famous made him famous it made him not just famous it made him a legend yeah come on man he's leaving a legacy right and he but see but when he goes onto the battlefield he's not like posting on social media right like about to go fight Goliath, be right back. <laughs> and see how many likes he can get, right? <laughs> hey, Instagram, yeah. look at this photo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? right. He's not like... Going to fight the Goliath, TBD, yeah, to that's be right. determined. <laughs> Throwback Thursday. <laughs> Throw like, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, to be determined. Are these five smooth stones smooth enough? <laughs> let you know what happens. If yeah. you like the one on the left, I'll use that one. If you like the one on the right, I'll use that one. Give me two likes. Oh, uh, social media has really been interesting to live around because uh, it's got good and bad and maybe more bad than good. I don't really know. It's the way it conditions our brains. But nonetheless, though, we live in a culture that's kind of obsessed to a certain measure, especially the younger culture. And we've got all kinds of listeners that tune in to this podcast and we do focus it to the heart of a man. And I know there's a lot of ladies that listen to our podcasts and we always kind of say it's built for a man, but ladies are welcome. Sons of valor includes, it's kind of like that generic word for both genders. So being faithful in the mundane, I mean, think about your life right now. Think about where you're at. I mean, it's interesting how God has assignments for us in the small things because he's really testing our character. Yeah, he's testing our belief in him. I mean, he tested Israel for forty years after they left Egypt. He was testing their character, the mundane. I mean, my life's got a category of mundane. I've grown, I've matured, I I run a couple organizations, so I I like it because I get to be in control of my time. I've always liked that about my life. But I also have to work really hard, you know, and and I have to be the most responsible person yeah. that I know, <laughs> you know. And so, but David, there's something powerful about being faithful. God wants us to be faithful, not famous. He's got, the God of Israel is not about making you or I famous. He's about helping us to be faithful. And so that's a great point that you make that 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 epic battle put David on the map of fame. Of a legend. And I don't think David cared if that was the outcome or not. No, and it says it right there, right? It says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. He says, I will strike you down and I will take your head from you. <laughs> I love that, dude. The dude kept wish, that head, too. Oh, dude, he took I wish, it home. <laughs> yeah, he had it. Imagine that. Like, he had it pickled. You got like a bloody head that yeah, you walk home with. he had it pickled <laughs> and he mounted it in his banquet hall. That big thirty-five pound head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it says that, and th- this is that whole thing, man. It says that the Lord will deliver you into my hand. It says, you know, it, it, right there. That's that statement, man. It's just that that boldness in God, not Himself. It's that confidence in God 
in God's ability, not my ability to see this, this victory come, you know? Um, and it says that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Right. It was never about his fame. It was never about him. It was about making him famous. It was about making God famous in the earth, you know, in in that point. And it's interesting to bring this up because it's, it's worth to talk about for a few moments. You've got David's confidence rooted and established in God, mostly because of his experience as a shepherd. You know, he's fending off the, the lion and the bear and he knows that God is with him. He He's confident in the fact that God is with him, even in the mundane task of taking care of the sheep. I mean, ultimately, someone who's not that responsible could be like, who cares about the sheep? Who cares if we lose a few? But not David. So he's on the battlefield. And what I want to point out is that he's declaring all of his confidence in God. But he also knows that God's going to use the ability he has with that sling He's going to use that gift, that skill that he has. So it's like, because I run into people who get stuck sometimes. They, you know, they, they want to make it all God and just wait, 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 wait. Sounds most of the church. <laughs> you know, it's all God, yeah. you know, and I want to, I want to be good on making that powerful declaration. It's going to happen with or without me. It's going to happen. Right? It's that yeah, attitude. with or without me. Yeah. yeah. But David's attitude was like, this is all God, but I'm going to bring what I have to offer to the table. And I know what I'm bringing to the table, the skill that he gave me. And together, I'm going to go out there and be with him. Like, he didn't just wait for God to, like, you know, knock Goliath over right. from some kind of windstorm or a hailstorm. No, it or says that he ran out firestorm. He met the Philistine, the dirty Philistine. Yeah, that uncircumcised He beast. ran to the battle. <laughs> he ran to the battle. Oh, man. David's confident. He knows who he is. He, he showed up that day as an errand boy. And he was prepared because of the way he lived. So when you live upright and when you live ready in your personal life, that is a great reward, you know, because we have to live with ourselves. We have to, if, we, if we're making bad decisions, we're the ones that are reaping the fruit of that the most. And we have to live with our own guilt, our own shame, our own regret. So David was really good at facing his inner Goliath. He was good at facing himself before the Lord. And that's a powerful takeaway. How do we be faithful in the mundane? How do we face ourselves? How do we build confidence in God? Because it's one thing to know this story, but it doesn't mean that you're going to go out and do it. Right. You know, so there's something powerful about our daily lives, our daily disciplines. There's something powerful about being prepared, living prepared, because I I believe with all my heart that David, even if he would have died that day, that would have been a better outcome than living like a coward. Hey, Ellie. What up, baby doll? My little girl just came into our studio. You're always welcome to come in on our podcast. What's up? How you doing? We're filming a podcast. You want to say hi to everybody? No, we're not filming. We're recording. It's all right there. You want to say hi? Hi. Okay. <laughs> you going to bed? Okay. I'll come look at it in a little bit. Okay. Love you. All right. So we're talking about David. We, we, we're filming this podcast from all, all kinds of places. <laughs> we're, we're in my home office right now. And uh, our children are always welcome to interrupt our worlds. Men with families. That's right. <laughs> Faithful in the mundane. Faithful in the mundane. Of uh, raising beautiful children. I have four daughters. So so there's a power in living upright. There's a power in living with good character and good morals. And David, I really believe he, was, he wasn't going to return afraid. I mean, this, this guy could face Goliath. Declare that God was his confidence. Declare that he was going to basically cut his head off when he didn't even have a sword. He knew he was going to take Goliath's sword. And no armor. And cut his head off. Yeah, no armor. So King Saul, we talked about that. I talked about that in the last episode about living like a warrior. 
facing your battle like a warrior, not like a coward. And David comes to this, he has to go through some protocol. And part of that protocol was convincing Saul that he could go fight. Yeah. His and, way. <laughs> right. I mean, like, and he's a, he's a, he's basically like a child. I mean, yeah. this is an army of warriors for 40 days. They've heard the, the, they've heard the charge of the Philistine to go to do battle. They've heard it 80 times morning and evening, morning and evening. They've retreated. They're filled with fear and dismay. And here comes this Aaron boy bringing cheese and bread to his brothers and to the war, to the, uh, the leader of, of the army. Yeah. And here's an interesting point, right? In the mundane assignment, the lowly assignment of serving his brothers in the army, bringing them bread, bringing them cheese, bringing them uh, sustenance, right? And nutrients. Um, David falls into his identity and he falls into the greater assignment that God had set up for him. And this is just, this is not a sidetrack because it's, it's a, it's, it's a, the, it's, it's a the principle. main track. <laughs> yeah, it's a principle that we can learn, right? Is that in serving others, right? It's something I've learned throughout my life is that when I can serve and serve another man's vision, um, in that process, I begin to find who I am, right? Um, it, it's like this, just this amazing um, story that begins to unfold where, you know, serving another um, actually begins to bring up my purpose. It, it, it allows me to discover who I am. It, it puts me in the right places at the right time where, you know, those, those stories of like, now he is, it's, it's the stage has been set for David to walk in at this moment of serving, Yeah, you know, in a lowly capacity, really. I mean, like, seriously, like if, if who would want to be that guy, Right. We all want to be the Navy SEAL. We all want to be the Ranger, you know, like the man that's out there taking it to the enemy. Um, but in this moment, you know, in time that David found himself, uh, he was the man that was delivering those guys his, their bread and they were caught in fear, you know, and he had a moment in time where God had set the stage for him to to uh, take that next step into his purpose, into the greater assignment that was upon his life that would, would mark him, you know? Um, I mean, cause to our knowledge, uh, like Joseph had a dream. He, he kind of saw his conflict with his brothers. David, it's not like the night before he had a dream or on the way an angel stopped and talked to him. He just shows up and hears what's going on and he gets involved. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like he doesn't have like this. Well, I had a dream or the angel right. told me or it wasn't a burning bush. Wasn't a burning bush. I mean, all of those are appropriate in their storylines. Yeah, absolutely. But David just has this heart. It's really his heart. Yeah. It's his heart after God. He hears like a wicked, evil, something that doesn't fit in David's world. That doesn't fit like Goliath, your, your charge to do battle and to defy the God of Israel. That doesn't fit in my world. And I'm willing to put my life on the line to try to stop you. But David, David just knew that he wasn't going to try to stop him. He knew he was going to stop him. That's a powerful mindset. So you think about the mindset David had that, that warrior mindset that I'm going to do battle with God's name against God's enemy. Wow. So can we have that same kind of confidence when we step onto the battlefields that we face, when we face our Goliaths? Can we know beforehand you're already dead because of the name of God? You're already dead because of the power of Christ. You're already dead. And I'm just going to come out there with my sling and finish you off of the earth. <laughs> I'm just going to remove you. I mean... What darkness? You know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. What entity, what spiritual battles do we face? Yeah. And I think that, you know, I think confidence is tough for some of the guys out there because, you know, you know, maybe you lost a couple battles. 
Maybe you got a divorce. Maybe you went through some pain. Maybe you lost yourself. You don't know how to get back. You don't know how to re-kick, recharge, yeah. restart. And I think it's easy for guys, it's tempting at least, to just kind of coast through life and take the easy path, like water, take the path of least resistance. Yeah. And I'm not saying we should be victims to culture, because I don't believe in that. But there is a lot against men in our world nowadays. Be civilized. Yeah, well, Blend in. Don't be so fierce. Don't be so ma- masculine. Yeah. Well, I think what... You know, I think another another aspect of that or another angle would be um, maybe I've been defeated for so long. Maybe it's been trial after trial after trial dealing with the same Goliath that I have not been able to overcome. Maybe it's an addiction, right? You know, um, you know, let's talk about the porn addiction. How many men? How many church-going men, how many men that are confessing God as their Savior are struggling, not with a a random fall, right? Um, a momentary slip where they're stumbling their way into something, but they're in a habitual uh, habitual sin, right? Uh, uh, a reoccurring sin that um, they just continue to fall prey you know, um, become the victim of pornography, the the victim of lust, the victim of the desire of the eyes, um, you know, the passion of the flesh, uh, you know, and I think it's demoralizing for a man to keep finding themselves in the place of defeat over and over and over again. Yeah, if you're trying to live upright, yeah, that's a tough battle. And I think, I think of the, I think of pornography as the uh, the symptom of a deeper problem. Absolutely. You know, I got, I, I guess my pain in church culture, I wasn't really raised in church, like hard, hardcore raised in church. And I came to Christ and I, I got immersed in a church culture and I started learning. I started, you know, gaining some years and gaining some wisdom and I have a hard time with the whole behavior modification, right? Change your behavior, force, grunt, discipline yourself. That does, just doesn't work. You know, if you're just focused on stopping something, you know, if you're, if you're facing pornography or if there's some type of uh, addiction, it's all, you know, you got to look at that, what, what it's pointing to, the symptom behind it. or It's a symptom, but it's pointing to the root issue. So we get triggered. You know, we get triggered. We have, to, we have to know our triggers. So when am I? When am I triggered? Am I medicating myself with with this vice? And it really kind of ties in. I think we have a five star charge that you can go to our website and learn about. But the sons of valor is actually the fifth the fifth word in our five star charge. And valor is about living with courage on the battlefield of life but it comes from somewhere. And I think, you know, Ryan, it's worth talking about the charge that we have out there for war. Not just warring the enemy, but warring for your own heart, warring for your own wholeness. Understanding these processes because we want that confidence. We we want to partner with God. I mean, we want to be the hero of the story. I know I do that. These stories motivate me. Yeah. I mean, they really do. Like I read the Bible and I'm like, well, I put my name in there. I'm like, that, that's, oh, that's how I want to live. I'm going to live peculiar like that. I'm going to, you know, blaze trails. Right. And I'm going to do what God tells me I can do. And I've lived that way for a long time. And it's really powerful. You know, I'm a couple of decades into that kind of lifestyle and it's very rewarding very rewarding, but I've faced battles. I've faced pornography. I mean, I've faced all of this stuff, but I, I don't look at it. I got, I got to learn how to war for my heart. I got to learn how to like David. I think he was good at, and, and we'll go through the life of David over the next 
decade-ish. <laughs> We're yeah, going to be right. talking about this stuff for a couple decades. We're going to be building a band of brothers, you know, really globally, empowered by God's grace to conquer darkness. Yeah. And to train the world. We're trained by grace. To, we're going to help and train the world to live upright. So this is a powerful lesson we're talking about, the lesson of confidence. Where does your confidence come from? And we, we touched on the point of our own fears, our own doubts, and our own unbelief as modern-day Goliaths in our life. And we touched on the fact that maybe you got down and out, maybe you lost yourself. Maybe you're filled with unbelief. I was thinking about that this morning. That where you have unbelief is where your your heart your heart is hard. It's hardened against really God. It's hard to go into a battle when you've got certain aspects of your own heart yeah. that are not tenderized. Yeah, and you can really find it, right? Where in my life is there hopelessness? Where in my life is there despair? Yeah, you as you begin to identify those. Yeah, identify them. Fill in identify the, the hopelessness. Identify or, or what the was the pain? Despair, what right? was the what was the thing that happened? Right, yeah. and there you will find. Or God, I'm mad about this. You will find the unbelief that resides in your heart. You know, and David. Right, we're sitting here talking about David, and David says, "Father." Help me with my unbelief. Yeah, and there's and there's a powerful thing happening right now on this podcast. You should take a moment, take take kind of self inventory. Where are you hopeless right now? Have you lost a battle? Do you get triggered? Do you understand what happens in the process of not just stopping habits, but birthing new habits? Where are you hopeless right now? Because that hopelessness is where our unbelief lives. And we like to avoid it because it's easier to kind of pass over it. It's easier to ignore it, stuff it, distract. It's easier to go on social media. It's easier to go on Hulu and watch a movie. It's easier to get lost in a sporting event. But see, I think in the mundaneness of David's life, I think he was good. I, I think of David's life as a shepherd, and I think about his evenings. Maybe when it got a little slower, and maybe he had some type of instrument, and he was playing songs, melodies, staring at the stars. Maybe there's a campfire. I don't know what the shepherd's life was like. But my imagination likes to think that David was pursuing this confidence in God. He had time at certain times. I like to picture David picking up these little rocks and using that sling. to. He's aiming for this leaf or that leaf. Aim small, miss small, right? Like he's out there. He's out there at his own little shooting range on the back pasture. And he's honing his skill. So we got to be like that. We got to find those pockets of time where we're staring at the stars and we're looking to something bigger and we're getting lost in the love and the passion of God. We're getting to know our Father in heaven. There was an intimacy with God that David had. There was a knowing of God that David had. And he was far from perfect. Just read a few more chapters down the road and you'll find stuff pretty quick on David's mistakes. 
Now, the one thing he did have, I think this is worth highlighting. King Saul was there that day. And King Saul was also the first king of Israel. And he had already lived in such a coward-like way before the Lord that Samuel the prophet delivered a message to King Saul that God was finished with him. And literally, the chapter before David fights Goliath, he actually gets anointed by, by Samuel. Yeah. Samuel shows up to his house. So <laughs> David has this powerful experience where all of his brothers, these, they weren't in battle yet. They weren't out there at the battle. They're standing, and even Samuel was like, surely the Lord's anointed is before me. Like one of these guys have got to be it. Well, he goes before each man and, and no, 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 no. And then Samuel's so obedient to God, he goes to Jesse, the father. Well, do you have any other sons? I mean, what a great question. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's David. I mean, David, think about that, right? Being overlooked. Yeah. Not valued. Not valued. Not even the prophet of Israel. Not even considered. <laughs> the, the prophet of Israel. I mean, that's like a president coming to your house, right? I mean, that's like that's like a, a billionaire own a big, you know, an entrepreneur own a big company coming to your house. Like you would want all your family there to be in that experience, especially when the prophet says, bring me all your sons. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I just think about the pain. How did how did David not let that bother him? Yeah, maybe you know, there's some other journals we got to still read. Yeah. So he, he shows up and he's like, he, he's not even offended or hurt that he's overlooked. He just shows up and, and then the, the prophet Samuel anoints him, pours a horn of oil on the dude, on his head, down his face. I mean, when you get anointed by a prophet, you know it. <laughs> it ain't some little little they just didn't fing- smear some oil. Yeah. They didn't like smear some oil on your forehead. Yeah. He he baptized you in oil. That was expensive oil. That oil cost something. So now David in the Old Testament is marked by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Saul had the spirit had lifted from Saul. That's why the rest of Saul's life we watch him go mad. He's the king gone mad because the spirit of God had been lifted from him. So that's another powerful aspect to bring to the story here. David's confidence came from that anointing, that experience he had with the prophet. Just like our confidence comes from, you know, that, that anointing represents the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I know, I know we were using like, you know, a good amount of church language and biblical angles. And I hope there's men here going, oh, I've never heard that before. I've never even considered that. I don't even know what that means. Well, you're in the right place. Extract the lessons. Slow down and be open to the mysterious unknown of our Father in Heaven. Be be open to the tensions that you might wrestle with when it comes to the faith. So David's confidence is in God. And in his ability that God gave him. That's powerful. Not his ability alone. See, he wasn't arrogant and haughty and cocky that day in the battle. He was humble before God, but he knew who he was in victory. Victory happened. He declared it. So, men, we can do the same thing. We can be men after his own heart. We can stop in the mundane. Build in stop time. Build in whatever you do. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a, uh, I'm an extrovert minus social interactions. (laughs) I mean, I'm extrovert. I like to do stuff like this. I like to empower people. I'm not the best at like a party, you know, a big social gathering. I'll talk to like two or three people while my wife is like, she's already met everybody in the whole place. 
everybody, you know, she makes the room better where I'm like, yeah, I, I talked to three people all night. <laughs> you know, it's great. Yeah. So I'm extroverted in that aspect and I'm sitting with Ryan and I know Ryan, we've been running together for over a decade now. Yeah. I don't talk to anybody. I'm just the introvert in the corner. <laughs> He's very introverted. <laughs> My wife's like, uh, who's the creep that I brought to the party? You know, just <laughs> sitting in the corner, just kind of eyeballing everybody. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. That's Ryan. Oh, you're not that bad. I'm you're, not that bad. No, but kind of, but you're not that bad. <laughs> just like, <laughs> so we want to, we want to win these battles with confidence. Yeah. And I want to just make one more point, you know, um, one more point that I think is worthy of kind of highlighting out of this story, out of these, out of these verses. Um, and it really is the concept of that when, when you're bold to go into battle, when you have courage and bravery, you are you empower others around you to be brave too. And that's really what we see at the end of the story. You know, and that's why even in this culture that we're we're setting out to build, it's it's why our 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 statement says that we are a band of brothers being trained by grace to empower the world to live upright. Why? Because it's out of our boldness, our boldness to be faithful in the mundane, our boldness to go into the battle and face the Goliaths of our lives that we empower others to do the same. That's what's so powerful about the concept of the testimony, you know, um, you know, and we, and we really see that, right? Right. Because David's David said that, um, you know, right after he says he will give you into our hands, uh, he talks or, or a little before, but he says that, that all the earth may know that, that there is a God in Israel, right? So he's speaking about, um, the fame and, you know, you know, really, really giving fame and glory and honor to the Lord and his name above his own. But he also right below says that, that then all the assembly shall know that there is a God in Israel. And the assembly is referring to Israel itself, his brothers in arms. And I think that's a powerful thing to understand that, that, that my courage, you know, that, that it's not just about you, right? We live in this egocentric, self-centered world, right? Um, the world of the selfie. And it's not about you. But in the process of my uh, of of me being confident, both in you know first in God, um, but also in what God has put in my hand to go with, to go into the battle with, that that courage and that bravery inspires others behind me, others that are around me, others that could be looking up to me, others that I'm running this race with. To have the courage and the boldness to go into battle and face their own Goliaths. Yeah, and I think the key, if we're talking about uh, specifically, say, pornography brought that up, really the key to winning any battle with a Goliath is intimacy with God. Knowing him. Having that fortitude, that resolve, that boldness to first overcome Eliab, his brother. Oh, David, you're so selfish. Who'd you leave those little sheep with? I mean, that's a powerful mindset to have that you're, you have the strength to blow off your brother, your blood brother, because what he's saying to you right now, you know, it doesn't matter to your life. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You've got the fortitude to stand before the king who you've never met. The king asked Abner, the commander of the army, whose son is that? They, they didn't even know. They didn't even know Jesse. 
I mean, you're talking unknown shepherd boy becomes one of the most known figures that day in all of the world. And so I think if, if I have intimacy and I focus on, the, on time and presence with God, I have that confidence. But if I understand my triggers, what happens when you don't get that sale? What happens when you work on that business deal for a few months and it falls through? What happens when your value system is built around what you're producing and not who you actually are? What happens when we get triggered and rattled? What happens when we're not present and we don't have that strength? We need a band of brothers. We, we need one or two. I, I don't think you need a lot. But most men, live, most men live as islands unto themselves. A lot of men do. A lot of men struggle talking past the weather and sports. Or maybe politics, whatever. But they struggle with deeper water type conversations like the inner man, the inner, the inner heart, the inner soul. And that's why to live authentic, we want to open ourselves up. I'll let, let people in. So what if, what if we had this approach that part of my response when I'm triggered was to get one of my band of brothers on a text message, get one of my band of brothers on the phone? That would change the outcomes because having someone that's, that loves you and loves, you know, you, you, you have this bond, this, you're a band of brothers or you're, you're pursuing this lifestyle of uprightness and you get triggered and you get tempted and you've tasted that temptation, you know, a hundred thousand times, a million times. It just seems you've tasted the defeat of that. You know, it's not what really, you know, it's, it's not a good decision. So what happens if we interrupt that process? And we're not just doing it on our own, but we reach out to somebody that loves us and can speak sense to us in that moment. Now, Ryan and I, that's a practice that we're, I think we're decent at, but we've talked about wanting to be really good at that. I mean, how much different would your life be, Ryan? And how much different would my life be if when we were triggered by insecurities or lies of the enemy or, you know, we're trailblazer guys. There is no manual for the kind of stuff we're trying to do. Right? No. It's not there. And, no, and it's, it doesn't it, exist. You face discouragement a lot. Yeah. Because the temptation to trade it in for a, a career and a 401k, it's real. I mean, that's a real thing that goes through your mind. Yeah, some level of security. Yeah, it's like, why am I being faithful in this mundaneness? But what would your life be like in my life be like if, what if we said even 90%? I mean, what if, I mean, I don't even know if you could, I mean, what if you could do 100%? What if you could really train yourself that when we're triggered, we reach out right away? That's part of our response because we want the reward of a life of confidence in God. Yeah. And our response is directly tied to our responsibility. Exactly. To live an account to my brother. But when I reach out to you, what do you say to me? If I reach out to you and say, oh, I'm struggling with this, or I'm struggling with insecurity, or I want to quit this gig right now, or I'm tempted to look at things I, sh I know I shouldn't be looking at, what, what do you do to me? I remind you of who you are. Yeah, you, you calm me down. Yeah. And you speak truth. Yep. And so instantly what I've done instantly by allowing your voice into my life is like letting light into a dark room. Yeah. I'm not isolating myself. I'm not, I'm not trying to fight this battle alone. I'm allowing powerful things that God has established, which is called community. Yeah. I'm allowing that to have its place of power in my life, which gives me the strength due to overcome get my mindset right, remember who I am, it actually sets me up for intimacy with God instead of defeat with some type of 
whatever you want to fill in the blank with, whatever it is that you would be tempted with or turning or quitting or doubting or distracting, that one thing of a band of brothers. I mean, you and I have tried to do this for a couple of years and we, what, we're probably 50% maybe. We're hit and miss here. But it's something that you and I are wanting, like, dude, we got to, that's got to be part of our response. Yeah. Get triggered. Get on the phone. Yeah. Send a text. It's so powerful, right? Put it in the light. Yeah. yeah bring it into the light. It sets you up to conquer that Goliath in that moment. So we're learning today how to overcome the Goliaths that we face. By having confidence in God and our own skill. We want to embrace the disciplines. Being men. And for the ladies on here, being ladies, men and women after God's own heart. To have the confidence to face the Goliaths of our land. To be faithful in the mundane. To be faithful in your assignment. We're excited because our website is launched. We'd love for you to check it out graceops.net go check out our website it's it's uh, phase one it'll always be growing and evolving and getting better and better but we've built a culture and a brand for the globe to connect with we're asking men to connect to our website to connect to our brand and our culture get on our website get some gear ladies we've got gear for you but you can also buy a hat buy a shirt Get some gear for your husband. Men, go buy some gear. We'd love for you to represent the culture that we're establishing. And you'll see a tab on our website called the Five Star Charge. Click on it. Check it out. Sign up for it. Be men who develop this charge and this lifestyle. It'll help you live upright. Until next time, remember that we love you. We're devoted to you. And we're here to empower you to live a powerful life.